0: genesis chapter 13 i'm going to read uh, for for starting in verse one we'll go down to verse 13 um we're picking up in the the life of abram or abraham as you know him but at this point he's named abram um he has been called by god in chapter 12 just out of just seems like out of nowhere god just sort of says hey come on come i've got a place for you abram again just as amazing as god calling him he says okay i'm gonna do it and he does and he starts to follow him, follow God. God's leading him wherever he's going. And then he hits a little bit of a rough patch. Again, goes down to Egypt, does some stuff there. And he's coming out of Egypt. And we actually pick up that story as he's leaving Egypt. After he's been called by God, he's now leaving Egypt. And I want you to see what happens in Abram's life. And then of course, his family's life as well. We're just going to see this. And I want you to pay attention To this man, you may know him, may not know him, but his name is Lot, that's his name, L-O-T. That's the man, that's the center of the story here. I want you to pay attention to that. If you're able to stand, would you mind doing that? And out of reverence for the reading of the Lord's words, we're just gonna take a minute to listen to what God has pinned down for us and try to learn what the Holy Spirit wants us to learn. Here's what the scripture says. And Abram went up, or rather went out, up out of Egypt. He and his family and all that he had and Lot with him. Into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ha'i, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between thine herdmen and my herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. And if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, As thou comest unto Zoar, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Would you pray with me? Father, I want to ask you to bless the reading of your word you know what you are trying to accomplish with your word, and I pray that you will do exactly that. Help me to, uh, to be a useful vessel, to, to bear a message to these people that you have been placing into my mind, into my heart. Help me to be articulate in a way that makes this plain and clear. But, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to the heart, will put this into the mind, and allow us, or rather transform us, to make better uh, decisions, make those choices based on what you would have us to do. We ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Where Where do y'all go when things go wrong? What, what What's the right answer to that question? And I, and I guess the The answer can depend on what the problem is, right? I mean, depending on what the problem is, you're going to go different places. That makes some sense. Um, but there are clearly right answers to that question and wrong answers. Just Just to help us understand this for a second. If uh, I, a man who is married and uh, has a wife that loves me, I want some love and affection, where am I going to get that love and affection? Well, Lord hope it's not from some man or woman down the street, (laughs) right? I'm going to go to the wife that the Lord gave me. That's where I should be going for that. Uh, If you want some money, you need to pay some bills, go to get something to eat at a restaurant, you want some money? Well, how are you going to get that? Well, again, let's hope you're not planning to rob a bank. That's the wrong way to get that. You need to go to work, get, get you some money in your pocket. We, we understand this, right? We understand that there's a right way to do some things and a wrong way. Now, does the other way, the wrong way, can you get something? Well, you might give it, might solve some problem temporarily, uh, but sometimes when you go, actually most time, when you go to the wrong well for the water that you need, not only is it gonna turn out bad, it does, but often you make matters worse than you got started. That's what ends up happening. In, in this particular text, you've got Lot, who's in a he's in a tough spot. He's having some problems. Him and his him and his uh, uh, I guess it's his uncle. They are having some having some feuds between his his, his men and and uh, Abram's uh, men. They're having some problems there. We can argue about whether or not they should have had the problems. Okay, fine. But we know how that is. You always, if, you've got, if you've got somebody else, you're going to have a problem with them at some point along the line. And if not, you're just not paying attention. And that's just reality of life. And, and so we can argue about that. But nonetheless, whether they should or shouldn't, they are in that spot. So they have to deal with it. And the cure for the, 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 the problem that Lot has, the cure that he chases ends up being worse than the disease that he's trying to treat I want you to understand that now make sure we understand he's having a problem with Abram and he chooses to go towards Sodom as a way to solve that problem and it's not the fact that he chooses to go away from Abram we can that's not the problem it's the fact that he chose to go to Sodom you say well why well, the, the text tells us there that, in, that, uh, that, that actually God's going to destroy Sodom at some point. If you don't know the story, God does destroy Sodom. Right? And so he's already chosen a place that God doesn't even want him to go to at all. But Lot's missing. And what he's going to continue to miss in his life up until the last mention of him in the Old Testament is that there is one that he should be going to for his problem. Amen. There is a great rescuer there is someone he can go to to rescue him from his problem. There is someone who can fix it or at least direct him to the fix. right. But he's not paying attention to that one. And I want us to learn for just a few minutes. I want to learn from his example. So I don't know what that difficulty is that y'all might be dealing with. But when you are dealing with it, if you're dealing with it now or you will soon deal with that difficulty make sure you're involving the one that you ought to be involving in that difficulty. Because what happens is when we make these wrong choices, when we don't involve the Lord in our decision-making, when we have a difficulty and we choose to chase something else, we're going to be setting an example for other people around us. We see that with Abram. Abram, (laughs) abram is i'm sorry lot is traveling with abram don't miss that that lot is traveling with abram he's they're traveling together i told you already he, that abram had been called by god to go out and thankfully abram has been obedient to god he's doing what god told him and god had promised him blessings and you see some of these blessings you would go to back to our text in verse two he sees see that abram was very rich in cattle and silver and gold Even though he left his source of income, he left everything that was stability, everything that that you would think that would provide for him. He left that because God told him, yet we still see him here, that God blessed him financially, at least in this way. Now, we know eternally in a long-term sense, Abram was blessed because he's the father of many nations. There's other blessings, but just in a very tangible way, God is blessing Abram. He's fulfilling the promise that he gave him in chapter 12. He's doing that. So he's promised blessings. He's delivered blessings. But as I mentioned to you in chapter 12 and verse 10, Abram hits a snag. Go there. You're just right there at it. You can go backwards a page in your Bible. In verse 10 of chapter 12, he says that there was a famine in the land. Now remember, Abram's following after God. God's telling him where to go. But then there's a famine. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I couldn't get my food, if I have a famine in the land, I'm going to try to figure out how to get it. I'm not complaining that Abram was hungry. Abram was hungry. He needs food. He's got a family to provide for. Apparently he's got a lot of people to provide for. So he needs to figure out a way to get food. So that's not, that's a problem, but that's the problem is not the fact that he's got a famine. You understand? The problem is how he chooses to deal with that famine. What does he do? If you go back to that verse 10, he says there that he had, there was a famine in the land and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. He goes down to Egypt. And he said, well, what's wrong with going to Egypt? Well, let me just tell you, there may not be anything wrong with going to Egypt. May not be. There may not be. As far as I can tell, though, it, the reason he goes is not because God told him to go there. Yeah. It's, what it does, it's what it looks like. I, again, I don't know all the details, but the Holy Spirit did not choose to tell us that God said go, so he went. So I'm just going to have to assume he's going because I'm hungry and there's food there. Let me go get it. That's the first thing. But even if that's not a problem, let's just say for the sake of discussion, God said, you know, it's okay. You can go on to Egypt. Okay, fine. But you know what Abram does when he gets there? He lies. There's a whole story that you may be familiar with, but let me just summarize it for you. As he goes into the town, as he goes into Egypt, he turns to his wife and he says, Sarah, they're going to ask you who you are. Don't tell them you're my wife. And his worry was that... The Pharaoh, the king of the land, would kill his wife, or rather kill him, so that he could have his wife. So he went ahead and went with this lie, or wanted to tell this lie, so somehow he could save his own skin. Again, that seems like a pretty big predicament, that somebody might try to kill me to get my wife. That's a pretty big problem. But what does Abram do in this problem? He goes to the wrong solution. He says, let's tell a lie. And I'll tell you, there's nowhere in the Bible... That will give you any support for telling something that's not true, true. just Amen. to get yourself and save to get you out of a problem and to save your skin. Right. That is never, ever, ever going to be justified because God is true. God is not a liar and we are to be holy as he is holy. So we cannot cannot justify it. Uh, bottom line is here he is lying to, to try to get out of the situation. And you know who's right there alongside for the ride for the, all of that as all that's happening. There's Lot watching Abram yeah. as this yeah. is happening. As everything's unfolding, he's watching it. So in verse uh, chapter 13, verse 1, our text, he says that Abram finally comes out of there. Now, now we do know God saves Abram. He, he, he saves him in spite of himself. Right. God takes care of Abram. He does that. But even though that's happening, he comes out of there, and then what, who's with him? He says well, his wife is with him, of course, and Lot was with him into the south. So that, that Lot is right there. And... What Lot has done is he's seen Egypt. And you know what he sees Egypt as now? As the place you can get what you need. It's the place that solves your problems. But now, can you go back to the key verse in our passage that we read is in verse 10. Could you look at that with me? It says there that Lot, when he's put up with this choice of where are you are going to go, which, which direction you're going to head, he says there in verse 10 that Lot lifts up his eyes. He sees all this plain. And what does it say there? That it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's looking out and he sees this place. We know it is Sodom. He said, man, it looks beautiful. But there's a key phrase in there. What does it say there at the end? Yeah. Like the land of Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. He, he says, I see a place that reminds me of that place that Uncle Abram went. Uncle Abe took us down there and it met all our needs. So I'm going to, I've got a problem right now, so I'm going to go there now. What does, so let's take this and, and let, let's, meet, let's take something from this. What does your reaction to your difficulties Tell other people around you where they should turn in their time of difficulty. Where does that lead your children, your grandchildren? Where, Where is it going to tell them? Are they going to look and say, well, well, daddy said, but daddy seemed to indicate if they could just get a little money in his pocket, he'd be okay. Daddy seemed to think as long as he felt happy in his soul, he'd be okay. Get a little entertainment in front of him, he'd be fine. Daddy seemed to think that, that, that as long as he, his favorite team would win, he'd be happy. You know, whatever that thing is, that's what the kids, the grandkids are going to look towards. Right. What about here in this church and you have new believers who come to Jesus Christ and they're looking at you as older, more mature believers. And they say, well, how is it that I'm going to be the Christian I'm supposed to be? And they're going to look at you and they're well, that member who's been saved for so many years seems to really value his material possessions so maybe that's the thing that I ought to be pursuing, or that member seems to be valuing past traditions just because that's important, and he doesn't seem to, to value these other things. What about those people that are neighbors of yours? Those, those friends that are next to right. you, your coworkers, right. those people that you, your family, that, that extended family that you don't get to see as much. Uh, the point is, when you have those bad church experiences, and I will just tell you, <laughs> I, I've had a bad church experience or two myself, You have those bad church experiences. People hurt you. And I mean legitimately. I'm not talking about that garbage you're just complaining. I'm talking about somebody really does something bad to you. What are you going to do to solve that pain? Soothe that hurt? What are you going to do? And I can tell you that your family's looking at you. Your neighbors are looking at you to see what it is that you value. Because we have now Lot looking at Abram. And he says, wow, look what Uncle Abe did. I can do that too. But I want to just remind you that if God is worth following, and I believe Abram knows this, in the course of his life he definitely learned this, he's worth following in the difficult times too. We need to make sure that we don't forget that. But now, Lot makes a decision on his own. We can blame Abram, and Abram definitely carries some blame here. But one thing I'm sure of when I make a decision, when I go a direction, when I choose this over that... I have to bear the responsibility of what I've done. Amen. Yeah. So I don't want to shuffle shuffle off Lot's responsibility over to Abram. We do know that Abram should and does bear some responsibility. You and I bear some responsibility how we reflect to those around us. But at the end of the day, when you make a choice. It's your choice. So Abram, or rather Lot, excuse me, he makes a choice. He makes a decision. Go back to verse ten. That's that key verse in the passage there for me. He says that Lot, or it says that Lot looks up. He lifts up his eyes. He beholds the plain that it was well watered everywhere now well watered seems to suggest that it was a lush spot in the middle of the desert this is a, he's in an area that, that's pretty 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 barren otherwise and he looks in this particular direction and man there's some there's some trees there's some grass there's some there's some some stuff going on there it's a lush spot it says it even kind of refers to it as the even as the garden of the lord Kind of reminiscent of what they would have been probably, I can imagine the stories that grandpas passed on down about how, remember old, remember grandpa Adam back when he was in the garden, they, they were, he was remembering that. And he said, that's, it looks just like that. Now let's be objective for just a minute. We know Sodom is a bad place. We know that God's going to destroy it, but let's be honest about it. Who among us, who among us is going to go pick the barren part of the desert? He's not being stupid, you understand that. He's looking at a place that looks pretty good. I mean, that's the kind of place you wanna go. He's going to a place where there's prosperity and opportunity, and again, I'm not painting that. Please don't hear me say that those are bad things. Those are great things. Again, I don't show you hands, but, but just think about it. If you have the choice, if you have the choice between prosperity and poverty, which one do you want? Yeah. I want prosperity. Amen. I don't know about y'all. Uh, if, if you get the choice between no opportunities and lots of opportunities, I want lots of opportunities. And I don't know that those are necessarily bad things. Right. And, and, and I don't know that, that Lot is making a decision because he says, you know what? We understand that Sodom and Gomorrah, there was a lot of sexual impurities and sexual immorality going on over there. I don't know that Lot was sitting there saying, hmm, Maybe I can get my family involved with some of that mess over there. I don't think he was thinking that. I really don't. I really don't. I think he was thinking, man, they got pretty good schools over there. I bet I can get a good job over there. I bet my kids will have all the things they ever dreamed of if I could just get over there. That's the kind of stuff he was thinking about. But what happens is... He makes that decision, which is not a bad decision, necessarily. He makes that decision, and you know what follows from that? I won't make you turn through this, but over the next few chapters, in chapter 14, he becomes a prisoner of war. He is in that city of Sodom. There's a whole war that comes up. He and his family get taken prisoner. Abram has to come and rescue him, which he does. And you know what he does? The minute he's rescued, he's got so locked into Sodom, he goes right back after he's rescued. And then over in chapter 18, chapter 18, God has kind of revealed to, to um, Abram, listen, I, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And Abram starts praying, Lord, please, if there's at least a handful of righteous people, would you save them? Would you salvage them there? Because he's thinking about Lot. He's trying to preserve Lot. And, and, and God says, no. I'm not going to do it because, I mean, you could even see it in our text here in verse 13 uh, of, of chapter 13. He says, the men of Sodom were wicked, sin- wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I mean, this place was messed up spiritually. This place was a disaster. This place was not a good place to raise a family. There was problems here. I'm not saying Lot knew that necessarily, but the point was, God said, this place is so unrighteous. I'm not going to save it. I'm going to destroy it. Now, God does, I believe, because of Abram's prayer, at least in part, but he does send some messengers to, to, Abr- excuse me, to Lot and his family to get them out. Right. He does send some messengers, but then when he does <laughs> send, he, you know, that's the next step is God actually destroys this city that he's in. Lot, at that point, is so into this society, into this culture, it says, in fact, I want to ask you to turn there. I, I don't mean to make you turn around too much in your Bible, but chapter 19 Go, go over to chapter 19. I want to show you this one verse, verse 16. He's so entrenched so there. There's a whole story here to tell, but I, I need you to see this one part in verse 16. Lot has been informed that God is going to destroy the city. There, there's so many signals here that there's, there's a problem and he needs to get out of Dodge. He's already been told that, but look at what he says in verse 16. And while he, this is speaking about Lot, while he lingered, Lot is hesitating. He's saying, mm, I don't know if I want to do this or not. He's lingering. You know, it's kind of like that, that, that moment that you, you, you're kind of making a decision on if you're going to buy a, a piece of property or buy a car or buy a thing. You're just like, you know, I'm trying to do the math. In my head. Is this the right thing to do? Should I do it now? Maybe later. Maybe I should consult somebody. You, that hesitation. That's what he's doing. He's just he's hitching on it. He's like, I don't know. He says there that he lingered. That the men, he's talking about these angels that came, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. These angels had to physically grab Lot and his family and yank them out of Sodom. Even though he was revealed to him that God was going to destroy that place in a matter of minutes. And he had to be physically grabbed. Now it is because the Lord being merciful unto him. That's the next phrase. Amen. But I want you to see that because here's Lot, he has gone this slow, long descent from making what appears on the surface to be a good decision. He's making a good decision on good information, but something is making him go this long, slow descent to the point where he has to actually be physically removed from Sodom in order to be saved at all. What is going on there? Why is that happening? In fact, it's not even done. By the end of the story, he loses his wife. Right. He loses his dignity. Right. There's a whole, I mean, it's a terrible situation that happens over there at the end of chapter 19, him and his daughters. I mean, he is just, at the, I mean, he is scraping the bottom of the barrel. What went wrong? What went wrong? Go back to our text, chapter 13 and verse 10. I want you to f- focus in on this. And then I want you to, actually, I want to turn you over to verse 4, verse 4, please, first. 13, verse 4. I want you to look at how Abram makes a decision. Abram is coming out of Egypt. He's realized what he has done, because I think he made the decision to go to Egypt without ever consulting the Lord. But look what he does in verse 4. The minute he comes out, he gets to this spot, and he, unto the altar where he had made his first, and he called, when there, Abram called on the name of the Lord. Abram now comes out of Egypt, and he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? I clearly didn't make a good decision going here. Help me now. Now go back to verse 10 where I was trying to get you to go before and look at Lot. He looks and he sees something he likes. I see something like Egypt back there. I like that. I don't see anywhere in here. And again, I can only go by what the Holy Spirit tells me, so I can't. If he doesn't tell me, I have to assume it was important that he didn't tell me. And he didn't tell me that Lot stood down and said, let me, let me consult the Lord on this matter. I don't see it in the text. No. He's not having a conversation with the Lord. I won't say to you that God might not have said, yeah, why don't you go over there to Lord Sodom? God might have done this. I, I don't know. I'm just we're speculating, you understand. He might have said, won't you go over there to Sodom? I want you to listen to how I want you to go there. But I want you to go there and I want you to do it this way. Because it wouldn't be the first time. If that had happened, it wouldn't have been the first time that God had told his people to go into what we would have considered bad situations. He does that sometimes. But what I'm seeing here is not the situation. It's the reason that Lot went. Why did he go? Because when he hit a difficulty, he said, I'm going to go to the place that reminds me of Egypt with all these comforts. That's what I want. It, it satisfies my needs. That's why I'm going there. You see, he's, he's not looking to the Lord's involvement in his difficulty. And what happens when you do that, when you make a decision, when you make a choice, when you go in a direction without seeking the Lord's involvement in your situation, you will be compromised further and faster than you will ever expect Amen. to be compromised. When you make a decision without the Lord's involvement, without consulting him, without seeking his face on the question, it will damage you more than you'll ever be able to see. You will find yourself, much like Lot did, stuck in your situation saying, I can't leave now. Why am I going to leave now? I'm in the middle of this now. I've got too much sunk into this. And God's going to have to pry your fingers off of your situation because you wouldn't consult him about making a decision. Amen. And there's, I want to make sure I make this connection for you. You've got to listen to me. I'm, I'm pretty sure, as much as I can be sure, and by the way, I'm not your judge, that's God, but I'm judging from the outside looking in. If y'all had better things, if y'all weren't saved, you might have something better to do on a Sunday night. So I'm going to assume that many of y'all claim to be Christians, but there may be some in here that are not. And I want you to understand that if you've not consulted the Lord for covering your sin, it will ultimately condemn you. It will condemn, just like it destroyed the city of Sodom, it is only by the grace of God that Lot was removed from that city. But if you do not consult the Lord for your problem, for your difficulty, you will be condemned. You will be condemned. But through all of this, the one thing that needs to be seen, especially for you that are trying to make decisions, if you're a Christian and you're dealing with a difficult situation, I want you to not miss that through all of this, even though Lot clearly made an unwise decision based not, not consulting the Lord, God intervened through all of this. Right. Remember Abram? He made a terrible decision when he went to, when he went to Egypt and he... Did, and he tried to lie his way out of a bad situation. But God saved him from the Pharaoh. Sure did. He, Pharaoh could have if I'd have been Pharaoh, cut that man's head off. I had every right to do it. Lie to me like that. <laughs> Get me in trouble like that with the Lord God. Yeah. I mean, why in the world's wrong with you, man? But God protected him from that. He saved, God saved Lot from slavery. I believe it's possible that God may have allowed that situation to come in, that war to come in, to to, to take him and put him, him and his family into slavery simply to try to wake him up, shake him up, say, hey, man, look at what you're doing. You need not be there. But God brought him out of that to try to give him another chance. God did not have to send angels to Sodom to warn Lot. But God is doing that. He he intervenes in that situation. He's working and he's trying to say, Lot, come on out. I'm trying to get you back on track. I'm trying to get you set in the right direction. And some of us, when we make those bad decisions, and if you ain't made a bad decision, I don't even want to talk to you. I've made so many bad decisions in my life. I'm so grateful that the Lord does intervene and he does get us back on track. Amen. But I want you to see that the Lord, he does, he, gets, he saves us from the worst that can happen. And ultimately, he does save Lot. We know he saved him from that ultimate destruction. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse ten, 7 tells us that he was a just man. A just man that while he was vexed by this city, Sodom, he was upset by that and he was pushed down a, a sinful path by this city. He was nonetheless one of Jesus Christ's own that God Amen. died for, shed his blood for. And we know that Lot Amen. is one of our brothers. Why? Because God intervened and saved him from his ultimate destruction. You see what God is doing is even if you don't involve him, now I want want to encourage you, this is the point, I want you to be involving the Lord. I want you to, when you have that difficulty, reach out to him. But do know that he is already intervening in your situation. Now the choice is whether you're gonna listen to it, pay attention to it or not, or you're gonna ignore it and look the other way. For one, in this story you'll see that God is giving his word. Now, Abram was the one who had that direct revelation from God in this story. We now today, we have God's revealed word in our hands that each of us have direct access to. But in our story, Lot would get his word from God through Abram. So if he's paying any attention, he would have said, Uncle Abe, what do I need to do here? What would God say about this? And again, I don't see that happening here. But the point is that God does give his word. You have God's word. So what I want you to see is that your job, God is already intervening by giving you his word. He knows you're going to have difficult circumstances, and he's asking you to turn to the word, listen to the word, obey the word, consult God's word on the matter. Is it going to give you a direct answer? Should I take this job or that job? Maybe, maybe not. But I can tell you, if you don't consult it, you'll never have the answer to those things. You need to go to his word. But he also, you know what else God is doing to intervene here? He is communicating through some other people. Lot is getting word about what he should do and how he should operate. He's got Abram talking to him. I mean, he's got Abram working in his life. He's got Abram coming in and rescuing him. Don't don't miss that God has given us brothers and sisters and family members who give us good counsel, who give us good help who can be people that we can trust and go to and say, I don't know what to do. Now, if they're a good brother and a good sister, they will point you to the word of God. They should do that. But nonetheless, there are people that God has given you. This is not a solo thing. This is not something you have to do on your own. These people have been placed here by God to help you. Of course, you would help them as well. But nonetheless, God has placed them here. This is God intervening. This is what he does in our circumstances. But he also works through prayer and intercession. Throughout this whole story, you've got Abram sitting there praying for Lot. And I believe that God operated, or acted, excuse me, as he did in part, if not in full, because of Abram's intercession on behalf of Lot. I believe that, that. That Lot would have been burning and completely disintegrated, just like the rest of the city had not Abram lifted up and said, could you save that city for the sake of a handful and God responding, saying, no, I'm going to save the city, but I'll save Lot. Yep. I, I believe that that's what happens. In, and, and you need to thank God for people who pray for you. I, I know I do. I've got a few people Amen. that I know are praying for me, that my name comes off of their mouth on a regular basis. And, and I'm humbled by that fact. But if you know there's anybody, there's even one person that's praying for you. Thank the Lord for that. And by the way, it might be a good idea for you to have a few people on your list to pray for, too. Amen. Because God works through prayer and intercession. That's what yes. he does. Amen. That's how he works. But sometimes, because God is a good father, he may work through violent physical force. Yeah, oh boy. Lot had to be grabbed by the arm. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 16. But because God is too merciful to let you wallow in your sin, That's right. he will grab you and he will yank you he out. Amen. And it might be, you might feel, as I often have, as if you're somehow being punished. Yeah. What did I do wrong? You need to understand. <laughs> How bad would it be if God just left you? Ooh. How bad would it be if God just let you lay there? How horrible would that be? In fact, the the fact that God would actually come down and disturb your world, upset your apple cart just a little bit to get your attention and bring you out of that situation, that is God intervening. That is him working in your situation. And I want you to understand that it is never too late, it is never too bad, and it is never too hopeless. It is never, never. At some point, I know that God's going to say it's all done. I understand that that's at some point, that's God's business. But if right now you're in the middle of the situation and you say, man, I'm too far gone. I want to tell you, no, you're not. God is already working. In fact, he's got you to that place where you say, well, I'm too far gone. He's trying to get you to see that. Just like the prodigal son to wake up and sort of say, hey, I need to go back to daddy's house. That's what you need to do. And you may say, well, I'm on the front end of this thing and I don't know, these all look like good directions I could go, but I'm having a difficult time and I know I need to do something. Well, stop a minute. Know that your God has already provided all of the answers. He's given you His Word. He's given you men and women in your life. He has given you people to pray for you. And He says, you trust in Me and I will direct Amen. your paths. Amen. He says He will do that. So when you face difficulties... That's not the time to go back to Egypt and say, you know, that worked for me before. Yeah, I know, it, I know it might be sinful, but man, it sure did fix my problems. That's not the time to do that. It's the time to go to the great rescuer. Amen. He's been working from eternity past to Amen. save you, to fix you, and to help you. Won't you seek his involvement in your situation? Amen.